Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Today we're going to be taking a look at the great banquet, as it was spoken by Yahshua Messiah. Indeed, if you've been with this ministry for any length of time, you'll know that I have been focusing solely on the parables of Yahshua. And the reason for that is because there is much power within the parables. After all, Yahshua spoke the parables so that many people round about would not understand. Usually, being the Sadducees and the Pharisees and those who clung to the traditions of men. And you will see that this parable of the great banquet is no different. In fact, to begin, we should start in Isaiah, the 25th chapter. And it is here where the prophet to Israel discusses the millennial reign, or after Christ returns. Meaning, when Christ returns, in fulfillment of Obadiah, chapter 1, verse 18. And all those plants that Yahweh God did not plant will be rooted up. And all the rudiments are destroyed. This is what's going to be happening. Pay close attention. Isaiah chapter 25, beginning in verse 5. Thou shalt bring down the noise of strangers, as the heat in a dry place. The heat with the shadow of a cloud. The branch of the terrible ones shall be brought low. Notice the usage of the word branch, because time and time again, Yahshua would equate men and women to proverbial trees. For example, he would say, we are to judge a tree according to its fruit, or its work. That what's in a man's heart will proceed out of his mouth. Common sense teachings. But notice in verse 7, here in Isaiah, chapter 25, He, Yahweh God, will destroy in this mountain, that is the mountain, Of Zion. In this mountain shall Yahweh of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the leaves, of the fat things full of morrow, of wines in the leaves well refined. So point one, before we look at the parable of the great banquet, is this. That Isaiah, being a prophet to Israel, foretold that this great day of salvation would be equated to a banquet. Very, very important when you understand what's going to be said here when we get to Luke. Because it is the way of our people, time and time again, to go into Scripture and take a particular statement and look forward to it. Or create an entire religion around it. Isaiah spoke of a great banquet, and Revelation touches upon this by extension, saying there shall be no death, 
no time, if you will, but that we will be in that great, quote-unquote, marriage supper of the Lamb, as it is transcribed in the book of Revelation. And that ties perfectly into the great banquet that we will be discussing today. Why? Because many of those Pharisees and Sadducees that resisted Yahshua as he walked and he taught were familiar with this very prophecy that I took you to in Isaiah chapter 25. They knew of this quote-unquote great banquet and had deluded themselves into believing that they would be partakers of that. So in setting the stage of what we're going to look at with the great banquet, understand that this also is a parable that was spoken against those that clung to the traditions of men. More specifically, those that were familiar with the old covenant, or that first invitation that was sent out, and that was good enough for them. So, in order to fully drive home what Yahshua says in Matthew and Luke, pertaining to his parable of the great banquet, I want to first take you to the gospel according to Thomas which is considered uncanonized. This same parable is found in the 64th statement of Yahshua, as is attributed to the disciple Thomas. It reads as such. Jesus said, A man entertained guests. When dinner was ready, he sent a servant to invite his guests. The servant went to the first one and said, My master invites you. But he replied, I have to collect money from some merchants, and they are due to arrive this evening. Therefore, I have to do business with them, and I must be excused from the dinner. The servant then went to another and said, My master invites you. But he said, I have just bought a house, and I have to spend my day there, so I cannot come. I must be excused. He, that servant, went to the next and said, My master invites you. This one replied, My friend is about to be married, and I must organize the dinner. I can't come. I must be excused. Again, he went and said to another, My master invites you. He replied, I have bought a village, and I have to go collect the rent. I can't come and must be excused. The servant reported back to his master, saying, Those whom you invited to the dinner are unable to come. The master said, Go to the roads outside and invite anybody you can find to the dinner. Why? Because merchants and salesmen will not enter the places of my father. Where is that found? That's in the 64th statement according to Thomas. This is an uncanonized text and that's why I took you there first. Because we must understand the analogy of this parable. First and foremost, nobody at the time of Yahshua would deny an invitation to a great banquet. That is, when they lived in a time where food, money, finances, and everything else were hard to come by. So I want to point out, before we even begin, that while Scripture says that Yahshua wept, nowhere in any of the 66 books does it even allude to the fact that Yahshua ever laughed or told a joke. He would teach on laughter. But I bring that up because this, dear friends, is the closest we can come to a joke as told by Yahshua Messiah. First and foremost, the rich men and those of high 
position within Israel would never turn down an invitation to a great banquet. And on the same token, the homeless, the derelict, the sick, and those who were maimed would never be invited. Okay? So point one is remember this. Yahshua is preaching a parable, but preaching something that would be construed as comical to the masses that he was speaking to. And who would that be? That would be the Pharisees. And that would be the Sadducees. Notice that Yahshua's parable centers around this. There was a man. And in all the parables, the man is usually equated to God. And it is no different in this one. There would be two invitations that would be sent. For example, the first invitation would go out. And that would tell the Israelite man, woman, or their family that there would be a great banquet coming. And then the second invitation would be sent months later because there was much preparation involved in putting together a grand banquet of this magnitude. So consider the irony. Free meal, free fellowship, a time of joy to eat, drink, and be merry. Who in their right mind would turn that down? So, the master sends his slave and or his servant to go out and tell the people who were invited the first time, if you will, to come to the banquet. And notice, each time that servant was sent to each class of man, they had an excuse. A lame, weak-wristed excuse, if you will, but it usually centers around, oh, well, I just got married. I just got a horse. I have other things to do than attend this great banquet put on by Yahshua. This latter marriage supper of the Lamb, correct? So the first servant says, you know, I have to collect money from some merchants. But that doesn't make much sense, because how much money would he collect? It would not be as much as he would have obtained by going to the great banquet. The second one says, well, I just bought a house, so I have to spend a day there fixing it up. But that doesn't make any sense either, because who would forfeit a great banquet, a free meal, that would cost the good man, if you will, a lot of money to put on and not work on their house the following day. Finally, he went to the next and this one replies, hey, my friend's about to be married. This is a variation of what's said in Matthew and Luke. But he comes up with a lame excuse, well, my friend's going to be married. Therefore, I can't attend your banquet. Right? And here, unlike Luke and Matthew, there's a fourth one. The fourth one says, I've just bought a village. I have to go collect the rent. So I also cannot attend the great banquet. Well, understand what's being said here. I'm going to break it down very simply before we even get to Matthew and Luke's take. But it is Yahweh God who made a covenant. Two covenants, specifically. The first covenant found in the Old Testament. The second covenant made with the same exact people, the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And these two covenants equate to what? Two invitations. The first invitation would have been spoken through Isaiah, saying that this is the great banquet, the day of Yahweh God, eternity and or salvation. The second invitation, of course, to come to that marriage supper would have been Yahshua Messiah. And so, Bear that in mind as we read this, because it will make much more sense as we progress. Notice, 
that the good man, if you will, or the man who entertained guests became enraged, became upset, and rightfully so. Because anybody hearing this parable would say, well, the man who put on the great banquet would have every right to be upset. Because he planned, he sent out invitations, he sent his servants to go and invite people. And every single one of these Old Testament Israelites, if you would, seemingly could not hear, could not attend, could not obey. They had other things to do, other gods to serve, and other priorities that did not include Yahweh. And most assuredly did not include Yahshua. So understand that concept. The Pharisees stood behind the Old Testament law. They stood behind Isaiah chapter 25, verse 6, where we learn that Yahweh God will make a banquet for those elect and those that are chosen. So bear with me as we continue on. Now we're going to take a look at this from the Gospel according to St. Luke. And for the people who are familiar with my ministry, you may know that I preach the entire Gospel according to St. Luke. And I preached this specific parable of the great banquet in the 48th part of my long-winded series. But nonetheless, it was preached in June, mid-June 2014. But what I preached in that was basically touching the proverbial tip of the iceberg and did not include what I'm about to tell you this particular evening. So in your free time, please study that out. The 48th part of my series on the Gospel according to St. Luke. And this evening, turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke chapter 14. And it's here where one of two official transliterations of this parable appears. In Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 16, Yahshua gives his parable. It says, Then said he, Yahshua, unto him, stopping right there, who's this him? Well, if you read the first 15 verses, you'll see that Yahshua, at this point in his history, was brought into the home of a Pharisee for a banquet, for a luncheon, if you will. And the Pharisees invited Yahshua to come to this particular house and abode because they wanted to trap Yahshua. They were attempting to get him to heal a man on the Sabbath so they could come in and say Yahshua couldn't be the Son of God, but rather he was a rebel rouser and he did not keep the law as altogether as perfect as the Pharisees did. Starting to make sense? So, Jesus said unto him when he was asked, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So, that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets, and in the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways, 
the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Wow, huh? Because you could take that one verse right there. And Yahshua is in short saying, none of those Israelites that were bidden before will enter in. Because now he's going to open it up to the Gentiles. And I can prove that very momentarily when we get to it. But in context, the Pharisees came and they were attempting to trap Yahshua. And he understood it. They hid behind their own false sense of sanctimoniousness. They believed that they were altogether pious. But yet they did not observe Isaiah. They did not observe Leviticus or Deuteronomy. In fact, the answers of some of these particular Israelites that were given to the servant of Yahweh God to come to this great banquet are ridiculous. And there is no new thing under the sun. Let's look at them very quickly because there's three in the canonized parables. Number one, they all began to make excuses at the same time. They had something else to do. The first one says, I have bought a piece of ground and I need to go and see it. But that's ridiculous because he could have went and seen it the next day and still kept his invitation or his RSVP to the great banquet. The other said, well, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I need to prove them. Once again, totally ridiculous because, hey, you can prove your oxen the next day or the next week or even the next year. The third one, to me, is quite eye-opening. And there truly is no new thing under the sun. Because the other said, I have married a wife. Therefore, I can't come. Take this two ways. Number one, that he's married to somebody else and therefore cannot be part of the marriage supper of the Lamb or part of the Ecclesia. Or number two, that he's a cuckold punk, like always, blaming his woman. Because there's no law given in the Pentateuch that excuses a man who is newly married from attending a great banquet. But there is provisions in times of war. If a particular person has engaged in matrimony, they are granted a slight reprieve from times of war. But they are never granted a reprieve from obeying Yahweh God. And that, dear kinsfolk, is what we're looking at here at the parable of the great banquet. The first time, they did not obey. They made excuses. Therefore, the second time, they are excluded. And two specific classes of people are brought in. First are the commoners. And we read about that right here, where Yahweh God becomes upset. And he says, Go quickly into the streets, the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. First class of people. Middle classes, if you will. Those who are blind, those who would not be invited otherwise. Like the Pharisees believed they would. Correct? And then, when the servant does that, when the servant goes and extends that covenant to that first class, he comes back and he reports to Yahweh God, hey, you know what? There's still room. Plenty more room. So Yahshua, if you will, in a joking manner, almost, takes it one step further and says, now that you've got all the middle class, go out and get all the homeless, those outcasts, the downtrodden, and those that the Pharisees have rebuked and not helped. Notice he says, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. This word compel in the Greek is anikazio, and it means to necessitate. 
It means to draw them by force, because they will, of course, be resistant. And so there is no new thing under the sun. As we go out to the gen, to those who are invited the first and second times as pastors, to bring them into this great banquet, which we could say in short is just the kingdom of Yahweh God, which Yahweh God, as he who sends the invitation, the old covenant and the new covenant, Notice that the Gentiles come in and then the downtrodden. Is this any different than what Yahshua taught? Where he says, any man who will not pick up his cross and follow after me is not worthy to be my disciple. Is it any different where Yahshua says that any man who comes to me and does not hate mother and father first is not worthy to be my disciple? Of course it isn't. We must sacrifice all we have, whether it's a wife whether it's a goat, whether it's a new home, or an entire village. If you are bidden, you had better accept the invitation. There are two invitations extended. And I can prove that right here from Luke. He said unto him, The first servant goes out, and he says, Come, for all things are now ready. And they were with one consent, began to make excuses. Then the servant comes, and he shows Yahweh God all of these things. And Yahweh God says, you know what? First and foremost, he becomes angry. And rightfully so. Would you not be angry if even on a superficial level, you planned for six months a great banquet, and then you sent out invites, and nobody attended? Well, of course you would be upset. And that, if you will, is the story of Israel. A hard-hearted, stiff-necked group of people who time and time again would not go after the mercy that was extended them. This is mercy. You're not going to have to work for this food. You're not going to have to go and seek fellowship. It's all here at the great banquet. All you must do is show up with your RSVP in hand. But every single one of them came and they made excuses. So I want to point out that Yahshua never accepted false religion, ever. He never accepted the traditions of men, no more than he ever laughed. But understand this point. He didn't come in and say, you know what, Pharisee, we both serve the God of Israel, or at least you claim to serve the God of Israel, therefore we can work together. No, he would call them hypocrites. It did not matter if they believed, and it did not matter if the Pharisees and the Sadducees had all of the Levitical laws, if they denied the second invitation. And so... These banquets that were put on by the ancient Israelites were the high pinnacle of life. Men and women would wait for these, and after the first invitation would wait even longer in anticipation of attending them. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM. Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life 
and help to build his church so that when he returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. And so, this parable of the great banquet is technically broken down into four main points. First, invitation. Second, excuses. Third, inclusion. And then finally, and ultimately the fourth, which is the most important in my book, exclusion. Because we read throughout all of the New Testament that Yahshua came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The Gentiles, correct? In fact, Paul was sent to those Gentiles. But this one statement right here, spoken by Yahshua. None of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Could be a linchpin to argue that no Israelites will be within the kingdom. But that is not true. Because if we read the first book of Revelation, we see how many of those tribes are sealed. But what Yahshua is more or less saying is that those Pharisees, those Sadducees, who at the beginning of this very chapter, chapter 14 in St. Luke, were attempting to trap him, will not be part of that marriage supper of the Lamb, or the quote-unquote great banquet. How can I say that? They denied the first invitation. They denied the second invitation when he stood right there in front of them giving them this parable. And so, therefore, they understood this concept, correct? Because they were akin to having great banquets and having great horns blow and making a big production of how pious and righteous they were. But yet Joshua said, you know what? They're not going to be there. And by this time in his parable, the Pharisees again understood Notice the wisdom and the power in which Jesus Christ spoke. He teaches on a parable. And every Pharisee and Sadducee at this luncheon where Yahshua is giving this parable would have been in full agreement. In fact, they probably would have been laughing because it sounds so comical. Who's going to turn down invitation to a great banquet? And what man putting on a great banquet is going to turn around and open it up to the homeless, the lower echelons of life? When, after all, we are in the temple of Jerusalem, we are the Pharisees, we own this shtick, do we not? But yet, Yahshua came and he never once accepted their false religion. I bring that point up because we live in an era where men will say, well, I have no problem with the Catholic or the Mormons. I have no problem with the Judeo-Christians. After all, we serve the same God. But did they? No, they didn't. That's the whole point of this parable of the great banquet. The first invitation was the Old Testament. Grace being imparted from time immemorial. And the Israelites still would not do what they were told to do. Which is come, sit, and be a son. Be a friend to God, if you will. They wouldn't do it then. Then the second invitation goes out. And they deny Yahshua. Which is a given. But Yahshua sitting right here telling the Pharisees at this luncheon, you're not going to be in the kingdom. Those that hide behind the covenant but don't exercise it are the same that will not enter in. Notice, he says, bring in. This denotes resistance against convention. This was so unconventional a teaching of Yahshua to come in and say, it's not going to be the Pharisees, it's not going to be the Sanhedrin, it's not going to be the Sadducees, nor even the Romans. It's going to be the homeless ones that you look down your nose at. And thus I love this story. Because that's really what it comes down to, is it not? There are two classes of people. 
those that obey, those that hear his voice, and those that do not obey, and those who are not his sheep. They are goats. It doesn't matter how much a person says, we cast out demons in your name, Yahshua. We did great works. He will still say to those goats on his left-hand side, depart from me. I never knew you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's your Pharisee right there. Who, while he lived, said, you know what? Hey, we serve the same God. It's the God of the Old Testament. But Yahshua is saying, you, you don't. You hide behind the cloak of maliciousness. You sit in Moses' seat. You profess to teach the law. And all the while, you're not even keeping the first invitation. So to prove this point, turn with me to the Gospel according to Matthew. And we're going to read the second giving of this in the canonized Bible. Right at the very beginning of St. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth servants saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Second invitation. Continuing on. But they made light of it. And they went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, a polite way of saying angry. And he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden are not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there was a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king unto his servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Final verse, verse 14. Pay close attention. For many are called, few are chosen. Or did you hear that? Many are called, few are chosen. What's the difference between being called and chosen? Many are called. Every single Israelite man, woman, or child is going to get that first invitation. And usually, through unmerited favor, get the second invitation as well. But notice right here, as we read this, according to St. Matthew chapter 22, two invitations being sent. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man who made a marriage for his son. Well, who is it that gets married at that marriage supper of the Lamb? Who is it that returns with his saints? And again, who was it who arranged that marriage with Yahshua being the head of the Christian body? Well, that, of course, would be Yahweh God. And he sent forth his servants. Remember in the parable of the wicked husbandmen? The servants are who? The prophets, sent of Yahweh God. Isaiah, if you will, who came in and said that the kingdom of Yahweh God is equated to a great banquet. And that, of course, allowed the Judean Pharisees to come in and take it and make an entire religion out of it. So Yahshua, in short, is saying, you are not going to have the salvation 
that you hide behind? So understand how he rebuked them. First invitation. They would not come. They would not hearken unto the servants. Yahweh's servants are his prophets. Then he sent forth another servant. Pay close attention. And said, Behold, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatlings are killed. And all things are ready. That is now. Second invitation. The oxling. The sacrifice is made. Who is that? Yahshua. That is your second invitation that you have. If you deny the first, and you deny the second, Yahshua says in both Matthew, Luke, and Thomas, you will not be within the kingdom. Period. And I might go on record right now by saying, even if you accept the first invitation, but don't accept the second, you will not be at that marriage supper. Common sense dictates that. The law is the schoolmaster to bring you to Christ, the second invitee. Who do you think it is that's getting married? And why do you think it is that Yahshua would say, buying this particular man who did not have a wedding garment, cast him out? He gives you the answer. Many are called, few are chosen. In this parable of the great banquet, who was called, who was chosen? Israel was called. That's the point. Not chosen in this context. They were called to the great banquet. But they made excuses time and time again. I can't come. I have a wife. I got married. I have pigs. So don't make the same mistake. If we make that mistake and we do not have time for Yahweh God, then it is a safe bet that Yahshua Messiah will not have any time whatsoever for us. And so it stands in judgment. Jesus wept, but he never laughed and he never told a joke. The closest thing to a joke would be what we just covered this Wednesday evening here in the Great Banquet. Because it was so against convention, the Pharisees would have been laughing up until they realized the point of the parable, the punchline, if you will. And the punchline was that those Pharisees that attempted to trap Yahshua at the beginning of his telling of this will not be in the kingdom. But yet that the homeless, the maimed, the blind, the sick will. Yahshua taught, they that are whole have no need of a physician. And so it stands. Perhaps in this movement you listen to preachers and they come out with such arrogance. They are so egotistical and have such hubris that they look down on everybody else. There's your modern Pharisee. What you know of scripture is that type of man will not be found within the kingdom of God. I want to point out something from the gospel according to Luke. So, please turn back to Luke, if you will. Now, this is something that, if you're not paying close attention, you might miss. But almost every time Jesus Christ gives parables, he does so in the third person. For example, he will say, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who took a seed and planted it within a field. The kingdom of heaven is like wicked husbandmen, right? Always in the third person. But right here, in the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 14, we see a transition. Yahshua's narrative goes from the third person to the first person. In verse 24. Pay close attention. Luke chapter 14. From verses 16 to verse 23. Everything Yahshua spoke here in this parable of the Great Supper, or the Great Banquet, is in the third person. He says, well, a certain man made a great supper. Third person. Not a specific man. And then he says he sent his servant at supper time to say to those that were invited, come. Once again, third person. 
But in verse 24, it changes into the first person. Yahshua says, For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So what is the analogy here? The analogy is that Yahshua initially set out telling this story. And the Pharisees at this luncheon, within this Pharisee's house, probably saw it as a comical story. Probably laughed right along. But it wasn't until this point right here in Yahshua giving the parable. Verse 24, where he says, For I say unto you, not I say unto the entire world, I say unto you right now, based on this parable, third person to first person. I am saying, Yahshua, unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Who are they? The Pharisees, who attempted to trap him, because they denied the second invitation. Notice, we're dealing with a marriage supper of the Lamb. And at the second invite, Yahweh more or less says, everything is prepared. The time is now. I have, if you will, the fattened calf. Everything's ready for you to sit and partake of communion. But they do not. Therefore, the Pharisees found condemnation. Not only as they walked, and whether they denied Yahshua, tried to throw him off a cliff, like he did on his first sermon, or whether they came in later and said, hey, you know what, we did marvelous works. We cast out demons in your name. Does not matter because Yahshua will cast them out in judgment. Why? Once again, Yahshua never entertained false religion like many men and women do today. And you'll hear this mindset. Oh, well, me and this particular individual, we get along when it pertains to this. Therefore, I can overlook everything else he ever does. That's different than Yahweh God. Yahweh God does not say, hey, if you commit one great act, it covers up every sin you've ever done. (laughs) Judgment is Yahweh God's. And judgment is pronounced right here from Yahshua against the Pharisees. Remember, many of the Pharisees were from the tribe of Judah. And Judah had their own problems. I'm not going to digress into that. Many of them were from Judah, which was the tribe of Israel. And even more so were Edomite Ashkenazi tares that were sown in amongst the wheat. Indeed, there's no debating that. History proves it. Yahshua is not above, right here, in the Pharisees' own living room, saying, you're not going to be part of that. You denied the Old Testament because you perverted the Old Testament. You hold people in bonds with rules, regulations. In short, the traditions of men. You hold them down. You're not healing the blind. You're not feeding the hungry, which is the golden rule taught by Yahshua. Yahshua came against organized religion. He came against those that would use God's word to abuse other people. And there was no greater example of that than the Pharisees who would invent all of these rules and impart them on the residents of Judea, but never follow them themselves. Therefore, they forfeited the first invitation, that schoolmaster that leads you to Christ. The second invitation to the marriage supper or the great banquet is given through Yahshua. There is no way. Yahshua says, no man can come unto the Father except by or through me. Yahshua says, whoso has seen me has seen the Father. Therefore, understand this point. If you do not acknowledge Yahshua as God, you will not be part of that. No matter how much you hide behind Leviticus and Deuteronomy, no matter how much you hide behind your pedigree, 
So I want you to understand in teaching this parable of the great banquet, I'm not saying that it is opened up to every race. It is opened up to those who have tact enough to know to obey, who would appreciate the invite. How could any man say, I'm not going to come to this great banquet, if they had any appreciation for he who sends the invite? They don't. They come in, they make excuses. They say, well, I just got married. I can't come to your marriage supper. And so it stands. Yeshua was 100% correct. There is no Pharisees within the kingdom. And if they are, that is the judgment of Yahweh God. If there are any Pharisees within the kingdom, I assure you they are they who acknowledge Yahshua. They are they who acted on the first invite, sent in their RSVP, and not only that, made good on that second invite. Behold, the day shall come when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant I made with their forefathers. So it should make perfect sense. To summarize the parable of the great banquet, it is this. Yahweh sent his servants the prophets. That is your first invite to salvation being the context. Yahweh also sent the second invite, which is, it's time. That sacrifice for one and all time that was laid down. Whosoever denies both invitations will be damned. And don't be surprised when the kingdom of heaven is comprised with this. Derelicts, drunks, prostitutes, and the homeless. Why are they grafted in? Because the Israelites denied God. And so it stands today. Yahweh God continually extends grace. Continually feeds his people with knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And they turn from him. They don't want any part of that invitation to the great and latter marriage supper of the Lamb. So we could say this. Those that were gathered up by the highways and the byways were the five virgins that were wise and had oil. And the five that stood behind it, they were foolish. They had no oil. Understand the analogy? Oil is representative of our people. If all a particular person has is their pedigree, they are a Pharisee. Doesn't matter. It's the Spirit. Yahweh God is Spirit. Those who worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and truth. Doesn't matter how much an Israelite you are. Doesn't matter how white you supposedly are in that regard. When all things must be done according to the Spirit. Do you understand that analogy? Yeshua doesn't say to those goats on his left hand side, depart from me because he's malicious and desires to zap somebody. He does so because they didn't recognize his voice and because they did not obey. They had their own way. They were the ones who came in and said, well, we all serve the same God when we don't. So Yeshua never compromised. Yeshua, in this particular parable, gives this great story. And we covered it tonight from the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel according to St. Matthew and St. Luke. It gives this story, and the Pharisees, if you will, are eating out of his hands. I think it's a great story. Until verse 24, when he turns right around and condemns them and says, I say, I, Jesus, Yahshua, I say unto you, Pharisees, none of those that were invited at the first, meaning the first covenant, the old covenant, will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Why? Because it is comprised of the Gen. Very simple to understand. Yahshua said he came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
Those lost sheep of the house of Israel are the Gentiles, or those of the Gen who were dispersed abroad, who are blind to their pedigree, and to whom their God is, their Father, if you will. And so it makes perfect sense. If Yahweh God sends you invitation after invitation, and you keep denying His invitation, common sense dictates you will not obtain salvation. The Pharisees banked on that. Their entire life centered around salvation. That's all they ever taught. Yahshua here is telling them they won't have salvation because they denied Yahshua, Him. They're denying the second invitation. Be grateful. The first invitation's there. You have it in your hand. The second invitation is done through grace. Yahshua will call you towards that. If you deny both, you're screwed. If you deny one, you're screwed. So, keep both. When that invitation comes, rise to the occasion, obey, and send in your RSVP. And when the day of the event comes, you can become a partaker. That is why in Matthew, that one who did not have the wedding garment was cast out and cast into outer darkness. More or less, proverbially sent to hell because he wasn't prepared. So, be prepared and always hasten the coming day of Yahweh God. Remember that Yahshua never compromised when it came to what the Word of God said. Even if a Pharisee came in and said, you know what, we're going to be partakers of this great banquet as well. Because after all, Isaiah said so, did he not? In the 25th chapter, 6th verse, Yahshua here in Luke and Matthew says that's not so. You're not even going to be there. That was your first invite. But you're denying the second. So, great moral to be taught right here in the great banquet. If today you hear the voice of Yahweh God, do not harden your heart. If today you are invited, if today you are called, then rise to that calling. Remember how it ends in Matthew? Many are called, few are chosen. That is the dismal number. A majority are called, many, but even fewer are chosen. So, until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and your entire family great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry! Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website, or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings, and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages, and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.